Hello, and welcome to the AFS Exchange. My name is Kate Mulvihill. The AFS Exchange is a podcast by AFS USA, where we open the door to hear from members of our AFS family. This is a place to have conversations, exchanges, with AFS host families, students, volunteers, and educators. During these exchanges, we will hear from our guests on how their lives have been impacted by AFS. What lessons have they taken away from their experiences abroad or their experiences with hosted students in the United States? In this episode, we will examine how AFS students can impact a school and the community at large. First, you'll hear from my interviews with two students and two educators from one school, East Noble High School in Kendallville, Indiana. Then, I include a clip sent in by an AFS student and his teacher from Rainier Beach High School in Seattle, Washington. These teachers express how their AFS students have taught their peers about life outside of the U.S. in both structured and organic interactions. The students talk about their impressions of high school in the U.S., their classes, extracurriculars, what surprised them about school, and more. So, to start, the four guests from East Noble in Indiana... We have Abbas Mortada from Lebanon and his English teacher, Brandy Asher. We also have Median Jubran from Palestine and his science teacher, Mark Leap. Mark Leap is also the coach of the school's Science Olympiad team, of which Median and Abbas are both members. Abbas and Median both came to the United States through the YES program, which is the U.S. Department of State's Kennedy Luger Youth Exchange and Study Program, or YES. The YES program brings high school students from countries of strategic importance to the United States for an academic year to advance the U.S. foreign policy goals of promoting civil society, youth leadership development, and lasting ties between Americans and the people of participating countries. We'll set the scene by hearing about Kendallville, Indiana, from the people who live there. Then, Abbas, Median, and Mark will teach us about Science Olympiad. And we'll finish up with Abbas and Brandy sharing their thoughts on the American Dream, Gadsby, and AP English. So today we will hear from... Okay, so I'm Abbas Mortada from Lebanon. Uh, Middle East, of course. So my name is Midian Jubran. I am an AFS ES exchange student from Bethlehem. Uh, so my name is Mark Lee, and I teach at East Noble High School, um, the science department chair. I coach cross country for boys and girls and have for 33 years, and then also science Olympiad coach. I'm Brandy Asher, and I teach English, high school English right now. This is my 21st year, I believe, um, as a teacher. East Noble High School is located in Kendallville in Northeast Indiana. The city has a population of about 10,000. This community has welcomed over 50 AFS students from 25 different countries over the years. I've never been to Kendallville, so I think it would be best to hear more from those who live in the community and know what life is like for high schoolers there. Uh, Well, I think it's kind of quiet. There's not a lot of, let's see, things to distract you from just a normal life, I guess. We don't have a lot of violence going on and the town's got probably about 10,000 people 
and then it's a rural farm ground outside of that. Annaville is a small town in Indiana. You know, for a teenager, when you're in a small town, you don't really have so much to do, but you can make yourself busy, as I did. I, I'm just involved in all these clubs, and I'm busy, and I spend so much time with my friends. You know, some of my friends work after school. We go to the gym, we play basketball, and in spring, I'm looking forward to play tennis with my friends. It's a pretty rural area. Um, so if you would drive through Kendallville, um, it wouldn't take you long. And um, lots of farmland, lots of houses sitting on acres. Kendallville is only about 25 minutes from one of the largest cities in Indiana. So even though the students are kind of out there, they can easily drive to, to the bigger city. So athletics are probably the biggest draw. And then outside of that, we have band, show choir, our science program's pretty good. So I think anything that you can make a connection with the different people and have a fun social, but also competitive aspect to it is what kind of draws them in. Now, outside of school, most of me either work or they hang out with friends. We offer all the different sports you can think of. And then um, FFA is big, um, Future Farmers of America. So a lot of my students' uh, farms have run in like for generations in their family. And so like when they graduate um, and after they go to college, if they choose to, then they'll sometimes, you know, return to that situation um, where they might carry on the farm that their family has been running for, for years and years and years. So FFA is big. Before coming to the United States, Abbas was really only familiar with the big cities. However, most of our AFS students aren't placed in New York City or Los Angeles or Miami. Many of our students are in suburban and rural areas in nearly all 50 states. See, I ended up in Indiana, okay? And you're American, and you know what's Indiana compared to California and New York. And, you know, every foreign kid's dream. So before coming, you know, when they ask us about, like, where do you want to go? I'm like, the only place I know in America is probably New York. And before coming, all I know about New York is from the movies. <laughs> and what do the movies show? New York is just a place where people almost get run over <laughs> and they drink coffee. <laughs> See, for me, I'm really a minimalistic person. I love the cornfields no matter how long they are. I love the trees. I love currently the snow and the cold is not that enjoyable, but I really love it. Deer hunting, everything so far is just so lovely. I can't... I, and my host family are just one of the greatest people I've ever met. So it's been such a blessing. I'm really grateful. I asked Abbas and Median about what surprised them or what they found remarkable about the U.S. high school experience. Usually when I ask this question, I hear about busy hallways and between periods, fire drills, things like that. So I really wasn't expecting such an enthusiastic response from Abbas. Lunch. Whoa, you guys have pizza in your lunches. You have you have real food. Like, no, no, for real. You have like meals. Okay. See, in our, my country, we have like, see, our main lunch. Our lunch is a main meal. It's not just a snack. Like, we have like a full meal. So, and it happens because, see, you have your lunches 12 to 1. Our lunches are like at 3. So, it is, we usually get off school. That's where we go and eat with our families all together. You guys, eat at school, and then you have dinner together. No, it doesn't work like that for us. So I was like, I knew there was a lunch. I thought it was just a break, a snack or something. No, there was pizza. This is going to be literally the life. I'm going to have pizza every single day. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna grow a pizza tree in my stomach, but <laughs> not that healthy, but it's America. <laughs> yeah. Uh that was a surprise for me. And for Median, he was surprised by how central a role sports play in the school community at East Noble. Everyone just knows the American high school as the movies, but it's kind of the same as the movies, but I have seen in reality that um high school students are so much serious about sports, which is really it was something really big for me because I'm not really an athletic as much as I'm a education science person, but it was really cool just, you know, to see these students who are really serious about sports and excited. I'm currently doing track. It's really cool just to run with the friends and chat. It's just the team spirit. Okay. So we've heard a bit about East Noble High School in Kendallville, Indiana. 10,000 people, a short drive from Fort Wayne, future farmers of America, music and sports are popular activities for students. Another favorite activity of students, if you ask Median and Abbas, Science Olympiad. So Science Olympiad is like a competition in which students compete in various fields of science, such as earth science, biology, chemistry, physics, engineering. Okay. Science Olympiad is nerd club. That's number one you need to know. (laughs) It's nerd club. Okay, so this actually came up a lot. Um, But besides Nerd Club, what is Science Olympiad? So Science Olympiad is kind of like a track meet of science. In a track meet, you have the sprinters, the throwers, the long distance, whatever other events. In Science Olympiad, we have it broken down into like a physics and engineering group. We have a biology group, uh, forensics. We have building events. So... All told, we have 23 different events that we have to find people to participate in. So every year, there are 23 events. You get a team of 15 students. And they're partnered up, either usually two people. We have a few events that are three. During a competition day, they will spend about an hour either taking a test to compete against other students from the state, or they'll build a device that's competitive against others from other schools as well. Kind of like uh, if you've ever seen the uh, robot battle competitions. And there are many different events. So like Median, one of the events he's in is he's building a bridge that support the most weight per mass of bridge. I'm also doing Dynamic Planet, which is about mostly ecology, like about the oceans, the water, the mountains, the hills, the rivers. Uh, we've got like Uh, Another competition of forensics where they're given a crime scene and they've got to solve the different parameters of that crime scene and then do a write-up. So, And other students like, you know, might compete in forensics, um, code busters, you know, many different stuff, parachute or many different stuff that has to do with science calculations and everything. It's really, really cool and fun. I'm actually in, in in our build room here. So like this is our, let me see if you can see it. It's kind of a catapult. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is for, for the trajectory event. We have an airplane. It's kind of neat, a lot of teamwork, and it's one of those things that you don't think it's very fun, and then you get into it and say, wow, this is a lot more fun than I thought it was. So Media knew Mr. Leap because he was a student in his AP bio class. Abbas heard about him and Science Olympiad through a chance encounter with a neighbor. So it was my first week in the U.S., so it was August in the car with my host dad and our neighbor was having a walk. My host had stopped and he was like, oh, our neighbor is an engineer for the military. You have to talk to him. You're into physics and all that stuff. You have to talk to him. I was like, sure. 
Mr. Nick, I talked to him and he was like, so he was like, you have to go tomorrow to school, talk to Mr. Leap and join the Science Olympiad team. We need to win this year. We need some people like you. I had no clue what I was throwing myself into, but I told you that the only advice that I got from Pastor Lumini, never say no in the U.S. unless it's you know something wrong, but never say no to the good experiences. Both of them have been a very positive part of our Science Olympiad. One thing that looks a little bit different from American students, I think just because of their culture, their education is highly uh, work-oriented. So you just work at your grades, work at your grades, work at your grades, and then your clubs and sports are secondary, whereas a lot of the American students, it's more of a blend of work hard at the academics, but also the athletics and the clubs kind of take over a lot of your time as well. So they've been very, very strong work ethic, which I've been kind of impressed with. And now, months into the season, the East Noble Science Olympiad team is preparing for competitions. You compete in invitationals, then you move on into regionals, from regionals into state, from state to nationals, and yeah, it's just like any other sport, just like any other club you could fight in high school. Usually it's only nerds in there, <laughs> usually, because it's a studying, okay? So, for context, I spoke to most of this group in the weeks between their regional competition and their state competition. So we got second, but I'm proud because, see, this is not an individual kind of sport, okay? We, you can't qualify alone. You have to do it as a team. All of you need to excel. And us competing against millionaire schools, and we're such a small school, going and getting second is such an awesome honor for us, okay? so. State is in two weeks, and we're practicing right now, and everything is really getting into our heads because it's state. It's a big deal. Science Olympiad practice isn't always just studying, though. Median from Palestine and Abbas from Lebanon have used this time to share about their homes and family lives with their teammates. These are conversations that can come up organically and are influenced by U.S. students who are just curious about life outside of their country. Having AFS students in the classroom can just lend to these sorts of interactions. Uh, one of our Science Olympiad practices, we just started asking questions and it turned into, well, this is how my culture does it. And they talked about how, how their family all lives really close and they spend a lot of time together and they don't really move away from each other that much. So you might have like an apartment building and your grandparents would be either across the hall or above you or you share a house. So they got into the kind of like the family unit structure. They thought the dating scene was uh, very entertaining for the people in, in their community in the Middle East compared to the United States. So they would have to ask or introduce their date to their whole family the first time they went out on a date. And they were kind of blown away about, whoa, we have to do that. I don't know if I'd ever invite my first date to meet my whole family. That'd be embarrassing. So that was kind of a fun moment. And uh, we didn't get a whole lot of work done for that. 30, 40 minutes, but it was worth it. Everything, all this teamwork spirit, these friends that you chat, uh, we hang out after we're done from our practice. The teachers, the, our coaches, Mr. Lieb and Mrs. Prater, we just, you know, chat as friends. I don't know if he knew what he was getting into, but uh, he seems to enjoy it quite well. So Mr. Lieb is, uh, to be honest, is more than a teacher or a coach. He's like a friend. He acts with integrity. Um, responsible, 
you know, in classes, I have AP Bio with him and we I really enjoy his class. You know, we just learn about biology. We make jokes, we laugh, we study. And I really enjoy so much time with him. And I can safely tell you, Science Olympiad is the best thing I've done in the U.S. so far. And I met, I met the people that I love in Science Olympiad. They're just my dearly loved ones that I will never forget. Science Olympiad is such a bond between us. We're such a family. A lot of times trying to get the exchange students into social groups is kind of things I look at doing. And I figure, well, we've got a lot of smart kids. They're usually the nice kids. It's a good group to be in. Since these interviews, the East Noble Science Olympiad team went on to place ninth of 30 schools at the Indiana State Tournament. Last season, they placed 11th. Abbas participated in Astronomy, Time, and Wi-Fi Lab. Median participated in Bridge, Cell Biology, Dynamic Planet, and Botany. So it really sounds like Science Olympiad has been a key part of these students' year in the United States. For two students already so interested in science, it's not a huge surprise that they gravitated towards Science Olympiad. But Abbas's favorite school subject ended up being something unexpected. When choosing his classes, he opted for AP English. What I, what I asked for was, what's your hardest English class? I just wanted to go for it. I was like, how hard could it be? So... There were other options, like creative writing, crimes and mysteries, and AP literature. However... I was like, nope, put me in AP English, and uh, here I am. Like, whoever tells you they like school, except me, they're probably lying. I'm not lying. I like school. But, <laughs> yeah, I walked into a class knowing that it's just going to be a random English class with random people, a random teacher. Well, it came out to be my favorite class. <laughs> it, it just happened to be. The stuff that we learn in there. See, I'm a very abstract thinker. And AP English is the opposite of that. So putting myself in such a challenging situation is really fun to do. Even though it gets stressful, it's still something fun and important in one's life to do. So I'm sitting in a class where I learn to think in opposing ways of the way that I'm comfortable thinking. Because you're writing a rhetorical analysis. You don't get dreamy and unrealistic and very abstract. You have to write what the author says and explain it in very precise, objective words. That's something that's impossible for me to do that I'm practicing in this class that I'm hoping to get better and better with until the day of the AP test. And hopefully it's a skill that I can keep with me. Brandy Asher is Abbas's AP English teacher. Not only has the content of the class encouraged him to think differently, but Brandy's guidance has helped him turn into a stronger writer. Abbas is in my AP dual credit English class. It's um, a composition and language class. It's mostly comprised of 11th graders. And then I've had AFS students in like English 10 in the past um, or in like one of my senior English classes, like creative writing or American lit. Okay, so first she knows what she's doing. <laughs> That's something. And she even knows more behind that stuff that we don't need to know. Only she knows. So she believes what she's teaching us is right. And we have our trust in her. Okay. And I, I trust her too, because I myself, I can see the improvement from, I, I wrote a rhetorical essay as if it was a poem my first time and my second time too, and third time and fourth time until now. And I'm becoming better, even though it's a little bit slow. I can see the improvement. I like working with her. She just, she's just awesome. Just such an awesome person. 
We have had several presentations, which it, it's a boss's favorite thing to do in the entire world. Um, he, um, so he has taught us a lot about Lebanon. We have heard a lot about the war and uh, it has just taught us to be grateful, you know, for the safety that we feel here um, because we haven't grown, you know, up in that same situation. Even though my students have access to the internet, they're always online in some way. They don't really know what's going on in the world from like the perspective of somebody who's actually lived somewhere else. And so, you know, Abbas has taught us how his entire life, his, you know, country has been at war, which is very eye-opening for us. Like we're, it's just something we can't even really truly comprehend. In addition, the excitement that he brings like to the classroom, like he has gotten involved in anything you could possibly get involved in. And so I think other students see somebody who comes to America and is excited to learn about America and wants to be in everything. And I think that has been really good for the other students to see somebody who's just so excited about everything over here. And it really seems like Abbas's excitement and inquisitive spirit has influenced others in the class. I have so many smart students, but some of them are very uh, reserved and they aren't as like willing to, to talk in class or to share things. And he has been so warm and welcoming and just overall like encouraging to everyone. And that has rubbed off on, on some of the other students. And I've gotten to know them like because of him. He asks people about themselves. He really cares about people and wants to, you know, if somebody doesn't seem like he or she's having a good day, then, you know, Abbas is just, he's, he's just warm. He's welcoming to everybody. And I think that that has brought a lot of students out of their show. One of Abbas's favorite topics in AP English was The Great Gatsby. And this led to an interesting conversation in the classroom about the American dream. One of the things that I, we were talking about with, with Gatsby was the American dream. And we were in the middle of a discussion and I said, whoa, time out, Abbas, is there a Lebanese dream? And he said, no, Asher, there is literally only the American dream. Only in America are we important enough for a dream, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Cause you know, I'm sure like you think American dream. So you think every other country has its own version of the American dream. And so we we're kind of looking at it as like, okay, in America, yes, we do kind of act like we're better than a lot of people in that way. And then at the same time, we're looking at it the other way, like, okay, we look at it because we have so many opportunities here. And so it makes complete sense why so many people want to come to the United States and they, they have, you know, like this, I, you know, idea in their head of all that they can hopefully accomplish. And we have a lot of opportunities here in America that sometimes I think we take for granted and we forget, you know, that not everybody has that. But yeah, that stood out to me as um, like, okay, it's just the American dream. So East Noble welcomed in two AFS students this year, Median from Palestine and Abbas from Lebanon. They have both gotten very involved in the school community and are active participants in many clubs and teams. They are soaking in the American high school culture and are teaching their fellow students about places far from Kendallville, Indiana. I'd say this has been a good experience. Uh, sometimes since we're rural, uh, just the, I don't know, the way the Middle East is portrayed in the United States, I think it's kind of opened their eyes and said, well, these people are just like we are. They're just living in a different situation. And I think that's been the biggest plus. And uh 
Uh, they've been, it's been a very positive experience. It opens their eyes to things that they are not aware of. And I think that's one of our biggest gains is to see that things are not always like we think they are. And sometimes reality is uh, very different. I had a great time talking to Median, Abbas, Mark, and Brandy. Median and Abbas also had a lot more to say about their time in the U.S., their host families, their friends, and the whole application process to be part of the YES program. It was great to hear from such enthusiastic guests who are really living their exchange here to the fullest. Thank you so much, Kate. It was awesome meeting you too and talking to you. It was such a fun experience. Have a really, really great day. I'm going to go into practice right now and you enjoy whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Bye-bye. So now we're headed west to Rainier Beach High School in Seattle, Washington. Here, we'll hear from Sai Charan Thamani, an AFSYES student from India, and his teacher, Annie DeGroat. Annie DeGroat also participated in an AFS program in Argentina when she was in high school. Sai Charan and Annie were interviewed by Sai's classmate, Josie Jensen. Hello. Uh, my name is Josie Jensen, and I'm here with Sai Charan and Ms. DeGroat, and they're going to be talking about um, the YES program and AFS and their experience in it as a student and a teacher. Okay, so Sai Charan, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Josie. So I'm Sai Charan Tharmani. I was uh, placed in Seattle, Washington, and I'm uh, from India and a current YES program student now in the U.S., very cool. Um, and how did you learn about the Youth Exchange Study Program? I get to know about the YES program because um, the school that I studied in India, so we have two of seniors, they went on the YES program uh, in 2019. So that's how I came to know. And uh, also about uh, with the local uh, chapter in Hyderabad. So we have a um, director for from AFS. So he had a initiative called uh, Reach the Unreached. So with that program, he just expanded the YES program to all our region. So that's how I came to know. Uh, was there anything when you came here that surprised you or that was different than you, what you expected? I would say the weather because I expected the Seattle's weather. I mean, even though it's uh, Pacific Northwest, I thought like it's just pleasant, but no, it's a little cold and, you know, and as I came here um, in August, so yeah, I had a little bit of sunshine. Okay, what classes are you taking and do you have a favorite class? Yeah, uh, I have um, IB Math and uh, I have Language Arts and History and um, Spanish and Drawing and Painting and then I have Theory of Knowledge. Um, so if you could ask me like, what's your favorite class, that'll be theory of knowledge class it's a class where you talk to people and it's a class of questions not the answers and some of the questions you don't really have any answer because it's a class where it improves your critical thinking skills and people skills i would say and how is your current school you talked about this a little bit but how is it different from your school at home there's there might be some big differences uh, when it comes to activities so in my school back in india it's more like the academic but here you have a lot more opportunities like you can join clubs and you can be part of the um, sports uh, games and sports and you can do whatever you want to do and the teachers are always encouraging you and they'll help you in everything that you needed to do and uh, yeah it's that's how the major difference is like it's more activity based 
Interesting. And so, yeah, post-AFS, so after you go back to India, what are your plans for next year? I'll join as a volunteer in, the, in my local chapter and in the Yes Alumni Association, and we'll have execute our plans that what we have planned during our exchange year and even before that. I want to expand the program a little more uh, in my region. Very cool. Okay, and now we're going to move to Mystic Road. So would you like to say um, a little bit about who you are and what you do here at Rainier Beach? Hello, I'm Annie DeGroat. I am an academic interventionist here at Rainier Beach. I also teach two sections of Theory of Knowledge. Did you participate in an exchange program? Yes, <laughs> um, I actually did AFS myself. Um, so I did an AFS program between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Uh, it was just for the summer, so it was a little different uh, than the year-long programs. Um, but basically, I was in Mendoza, Argentina for the summer, and instead of going to school during the day, we did uh, community service, and then I lived with a host family. And so, yeah, I did that. And I did a couple other shorter exchange programs, too, but um, that was the main longer AFS program that I did. And so what would you say life is like for students here um, at Rainier Beach or more broadly, like in Seattle, Washington? I think our school is, I mean, we're unique in Seattle, I think, because we are a smaller high school. So I think that gives us uh, a little more uniqueness. Um, I think the teachers here also, because we are a smaller school, we're pretty close knit. We're, you know, we know each other. A lot of people have been here for a really long time and there's definitely like a big sense of community and pride, I think, in this school. Um, so I think that that is what makes Rainier Beach stand out. Cool. And have you taught AFS students in the classroom? I mean, obviously you have because you size in your class. And so have you noticed that it's different than teaching students who have been like born and raised here? Um, actually, Cytron is the only, uh, AFS. No, actually, I had other AFS students in my other school. And I would say generally AFS students or exchange students in general are different because at first when they get here, they're not as comfortable. Um, so they're more quiet. I've definitely seen that in the past. But as the year progresses, their personalities come out more. And they're really not not very different from any, any other students. Sometimes... Uh, you know, academics in other countries are different than they are in the U.S. They might not do as many projects. Uh, in some countries, they focus on, like, memorization and rote learning more. So that could be a big difference when kids come here. They think our style of learning is loosey-goosey, uh, not structured enough. Um, but I think that most students can adapt to that pretty well. Um, and how have AFS students had a positive impact on your school and community? Well, Citron positively impacts our school every single day. <laughs> um, but definitely in class, uh, he brings a very unique perspective. We do a lot of discussions. So coming from, um, you know, a different culture. We were just talking today about he comes from a culture that values family more strongly than we do in the United States. Um you know, valuing society above self, uh, topics like that. I think it's just really great to have someone who comes from uh, a different culture in our classroom. We, I mean, we do have students who come from a lot of different cultures, but we don't have, I don't think we have any other Indian students at this school. It's great to get that perspective in the classroom and get his perspective on conversations has been really, really valuable. 
And that was Cy Tramani and Annie DeGroat in Seattle, Washington. Thank you for listening to the AFS Exchange. I'm Kate Mulvihill. Let us know what you thought of this episode by sending a message to podcast at afsusa.org. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also subscribe there as well. Season two of the AFS Exchange will bring you conversations with hosted students, educators, host families, volunteers, and more. We've got another episode coming out next month. This podcast was created by Kate Mulvihill. Social media by Julie Ball. Special thanks to Joe Warner, Nancy Studwell, and Josie Jensen.